This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Thanks for joining me. We're going to jump into the topic here very soon. We just want to remind you to go to practicalshepherding.com if you want to access any of our resources. If you have not left a review on our podcast um, on iTunes anytime soon, or ever before, I should say, because they keep up with those things, would you go there and, and read us, leave us a review? We've had some really kind reviews left in recent days. And we're encouraged by that. We're grateful to know how this is helpful to you, as well as how we can we can grow in, in continuing to do this. So we appreciate you going and doing that. And, and you can also contact us through the website at practicalshepherding.com. Go to the contact page, and you can reach out to us, and that's the best way to, to touch base with us. Let, if, let us know if there's a way we can serve you in some way, as well as being able to send an idea that you want us to tackle on the podcast. You can do that through... The, the website, you can do that through our social media outlets on Twitter and Facebook. And just let us know what you'd like for us to tackle um, because we want to be able to, to prioritize the things that you're struggling with that you would like for us to address. Today's going to be one of those, Jim. We're, we're actually going to tackle a topic that someone sent in to us that we are sensitive to. Uh, has There's an awakening of this concern as we've gone through these COVID days. And that is, how, how do you deal with someone or how do you care for someone who is showing signs of possibly departing the faith that are, that are showing signs of best case maybe just laziness towards their following of Jesus mm. in worst case they're actually on the road to apostatizing their own faith so this is a concern that that someone wrote us in about but we have heard from others about and quite frankly we can both say, Jim, that that we've had concerns in our own church in different ways around this, because what has happened in these COVID days is as we have gathered back together, uh, we started out with, I don't know what you, we started at about 50%, 40-50% the first week. It slowly grew, and, and we, we have, we're probably at about 80-85% of our members that are back in church, but some are not. Some have legitimate reasons why they're still not back around this. Uh, I have family members who have immune compromised situations, and they're continuing to have to be careful about this, and and we we honor that. Uh, but there are also others in churches where they haven't come back, and I actually am getting this asked a lot from pastors. They're seeing their church members post pictures at like Disney World, you know, or, or you know, wherever right. where there's tons of people. Right. You know, no mask just shows that they're willing to go out in public with people right. and yet and yet they're saying they're not comfortable coming back to church. And I'm getting that question actually in the yeah. last 3 2 3 weeks. Yeah. That has increased dramatically the amount of questions I'm getting right. from pastors on that. Yep. So, that's what we want to tackle today. But before we do that, Jim, how do how do we want to think about this biblical I mean because the New Testament addresses apostasy in some some really serious ways, obviously. Yes. Uh, so I mean, there is a there there are biblical doctrines of of backsliding. There's biblical doctrines of straying, and, and I believe as well of of actual apostasy. That's a really fascinating doctrine to try to think through. Is those who hold to a perseverance and preservation of the saints and a belief that once in Christ, once genuinely in Christ, that God will hold somebody through that. Brian, if you were to do a study of the shepherding motif in Scripture, and we are shepherds, so that's what pastor means. Pastor right. means to be a shepherd. Right. One of the roles of a shepherd is that they seek after straying sheep. 
Okay. And so even the, even the imagery of the rod and staff, as I understand that, the rod is for the wolf and the staff with the crook on it is, is for the sheep. Right. And the reason that crook is on there is that it's, it's to pull their, put it around their neck and pull them back it, to, to bring them back into a uh, – and, and those things are comfort. It's a comfort, it's a, it's comfort to the sheep to know a pastor is going to beat off the, the wolves, but they're also going to bring the crook and, and help me. And so, for instance, Brian, one of you, the one of the chief examples, illustrations of this in our Lord's ministry, you, you have the parable in Luke chapter fifteen. You have the 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 lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the the shepherd goes. Uh, one is one is left, and he goes to find them. And then, an indictment on the shepherds in Ezekiel chapter thirty four. Right. Yeah. Where he says uh, of them, he says, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. Mm. That's an indictment on on false shepherds, on bad shepherds. And so part of that is... It's just—it's a given. All we like sheep have gone astray. There's, there's going to be a given that there are going to be some sheep at some point in time in their life that there will be struggles with sin, cooling of affections, broken down relations that are going to begin to build walls between themselves and, and a vibrant relationship with Christ. And, and sometimes that's going to be evident. Sometimes. It's not always crystal clear, but sometimes it is crystal clear. And what is our duty and what is our responsibility uh, in that? So that, Brian, I think you laid it out very nicely in that you don't want to make snap judgments in these days. We haven't seen you. Obviously, you're 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 an apostate. Uh, we're taking you off. You're, you're up for church discipline, right, right. and you find out you know they're on a ventilator, or they they really are severely compromised in a way, or they're fearful in a way. And that, and, but they're hungering for the word. They're listening to the preaching. They're in contact. They're letting you know, etc. Uh, so I think the question comes: COVID, no COVID. Uh, pre post uh, pre COVID uh, COVID post COVID, what do we do, uh, Brian? D- there there are folks who seem sometimes just to kind of drift away, uh, and there there are others. It's a sudden dramatic departure. For others, it's just kind of like you haven't seen them. They don't answer your calls. They don't answer texts. They they don't seem to show any. It, and, and 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 essentially they're gone and for all intents and purposes they're gone yeah what is our duty what is our responsibility yeah uh, to them and to the flock in, in that in that regard yeah and I think the way as far as trying to answer this question for our own churches is again I think that a lot of pastors are getting exposed to whatever system they had to keep up with every one of their sheep or lack thereof in throughout this process yeah. So if it was already built in to make sure that that they were caring for every single soul in their congregation and had some kind of system to do that, I found that that having when this all hit and then you're having to really you punt and try to figure out how to do this now, that it was easier for pastors to adjust around that. 
pastors who already didn't have some kind of system to really see from like Hebrews 13, 17, that I'll give an account for every soul that I right. shepherd. Those who had not thought through that, or, or, a lot of those are the guys that kind of panicked and weren't sure because they cared about wanting to keep up with people, but they almost relied too much on the normal life of the church to, to, to do that right. instead of a systematic approach with each individual soul. Now they're trying to keep up with everybody and they're realizing that they were not in personal contact with certain members for six months, nine months. And right. all of a sudden when they call and try to reach out to them to see how they're doing, to figure out where they are and why they're not coming back, that church member isn't used to hearing from their pastor regularly. Yeah. And they don't feel obligated to answer that call. Or mm. they don't feel obligated to have to tell him why I'm just on the live stream all the time and I'm not and I was at Dollywood this week, but I'm on live stream with the church, you know, this week. Or or neither, whatever it is. So right. I'll start there. Like pastors need to own where they were in their systematic approach to this and realize that in trying to care for the people who are kind of vanished, how much that might be uh, something that they need to address in the future about their own ministry. Having said that, there's a lot of pastors working their tails off, trying to keep up with sure. folks, and people are just not responding for whatever reason. It's almost right. like whether it's out of fear or whether it's out of this lifestyle now, just being it. I mean, the, it's been joked, right? This this became an introvert's dream. It was like, okay, right. to stay at home and not go out and not see people and not right. engage people. Well, the, the problem is now if people have done that for three, four, five months, the pull, you know, the discipline just to go to right, exactly church right. on Sunday actually really matters. So my my main thing with this is is I think one for I tell pastors to not panic that if you're if you are having trouble reaching people, that doesn't mean people have have apostatized in the way that right. it's being described. However, to your point, a shepherd needs to care for needs to have something to be able to pull the sheep back in a sense if they're going if they're going astray and that should concern you and that should be a priority to go and pursue them so number one you you pursue them and don't jump to conclusions don't panic but what if let me ask you this question what if they've done that work and they're getting to talk to the people and people are saying you know I just you know I just don't have a desire to be at church anymore you know I I, I don't you know I I've enjoyed just getting. To, it was convenient to watch it in my jammies, uh, the you know the live stream, and and you know I, I had some. This is actually an issue in a lot of churches. I've had conflicts with this person, and, and they actually attacked me on Facebook a month ago. And quite frankly, I'm not only want to come to church anymore because right. they're there. So, yep. h- how do you deal with the people? How do you care for the people who they're not necessarily saying they're apostatizing, but they're saying some things that are hard, like. I don't want to come to church anymore because of this or because of that. How are you trying? How would you deal with that, Jim? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Brian. If I was going for a walk the other day and I was meditating on uh, Luther's old statement, that which some are going to be familiar with, or others are going to go, "What in the world?" and others are going to go, "Hmm." Mm. But Luther said, "Ordinarily, there is no salvation apart from the church." And he went talking about the Catholic Church, and, right. and what he what he's saying is that. The life and ministry of the church, of course, this was right before live stream started that Luther, no, so there, was, right. there wasn't going to be any live stream for 500 years, right? So <clears throat> that what is the level of concern? How necessary is church? 
how tied together is my relationship with Jesus Christ and my relationship with his body. So years ago, I was uh, I, I had a, a article I, I, that was going to be entitled, or it's going to was going to call uh, the curious case of the decapitated Savior. And what it is is that you have all these people in love with the head who are not in love with the body, mm-hmm. and biblically they're inseparable. And to 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 or to say, I love Christ, I hate his bride, should become very common. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh I, I, I love Jesus, I just hate his followers. You know, that sort of thing. Jesus doesn't separate himself from those things. So that when he said one of the things he says to Saul is not why are you persecuting the church, it's why are you persecuting me? Because mm-hmm. it's him, it's his body, it's his flesh, it's his bone. It, it, it is, it, it, it's the apple of his eye. And when somebody willfully and perpetually separates themselves from the body and yet claim attachment to the head, it's either there's an ignorance there or it does call into question the genuineness of the attachment to the head. Because if you're attached to the head, you're going to be attached to the body. And I I recognize, obviously, I'm not saying that, you know, an elderly person in a nursing home who can't come to church, you you have to be suspicious of their salvation. No, that's right. I am not saying that. I I am saying that there are those who make grand claims about their relationship with Christ that are simply not backed up by by their lives. So so I I agree with you in, in theory and even the metaphor you're using. It's helpful. But what what I'm I know a lot of pastors are trying to sort through is in the really just contentious time we're in, whether it's masks and no masks, whether it's the political election that's coming in the next two months, right. social justice issues. Like I'm aware of, I can I'm think of several churches right now. I'm in contact with pastors who are saying, like we are on the verge of a church split. As much right. as I'm trying to hold the thing together, so what about people who, what about people who aren't necessarily threatening to apostatize? But are being really unloving to their brother, right? Or well, that's that, all. But that's a different. That's a different. That's a different subject because what we're dealing. Because I think we can we can ask that because what and, and even but they're if, not coming to church because of it. They may not be coming to church because of it, and that and that's worthy of being addressed. But that's a different than saying I'm I'm concerned that they're lost or that they're apostatizing. So we're talking specifically but, about the, the I, faith. I think right now, yeah, yeah I think yeah. in this conversation. Yeah, that's but I think what, And there's a difference between somebody saying, I, hey, I'm no longer going to be at your church, but I am going to be plugged in at this church. And and for some, you know, and I faced it, and I don't know if you have, but I faced it on one case, you know, we're, we're, uh, we were not, I think the language they would use, we were not woke enough, and and, and so they, they went to a church that was. I don't know. Do I think that's ought to be the basis on which you join or stay at a church? I don't. Um, but you're not concerned that they're losing their faith? I, in that. I, I, at that point, no. Yeah. I was, that's okay. not, a con- not necessarily my, my concern. You know, so you... Uh, or you know, again, there can, there can be you know, there's so much hurt here. There's been a disruption of a relationship. Coming to church, it becomes I'm not able to benefit. I'm not able to profit. All I can think about is this. There's this family over there where there's a contention. I I mourn that. I w- I think there's a way for that to be healed. But sometimes it just 
in this life it doesn't happen. So but they say, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be a part of this church over here where we can just benefit from the word and we can it's just not this gnawing issue. So I think those those are those are two different things. The person that is has because because Brian you used before they're at Dollywood or they're at Disneyland. I use an example because somebody gave that to me this past. Okay, literally right, a right. family was at Dollywood and they saw them. They're not See, at church. Right, right. Yeah, and, but so. they say, yeah, but, oh, no, we can't come to church. That's when you want to say, okay, you know, no, you, you, you've gotten so used to not being at church. You've devalued the life of church because church becomes, I'm just going to preaching. And if I can get the preaching online, well then, why would I go? Why why would I go to the theater when I can stream whatever uh, from my home? Yeah, the screen's bigger, but you know, hey, I'd watch it on my phone. Yeah. You know, and, and when you reduce the life of the church and worship just to preaching, then that's maybe understandable. And sometimes you might say, okay, there's that's bad teaching, or you've got you've got a bad way of thinking. But there are other times when you realize, no, this is not just a departure from the body. This is not just convenience. This is not just I like coffee and cinnabons and and my jammies and for church. And I didn't realize I could do all that. It's so much easier. That's where you might say, listen, that's 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 an unhealthy view. That's it, immaturity. It is, it's it's not immature necessarily. and unhealthy. It's an unbiblical view. But it's of, not apostasy. It's not. It's not necessarily. But. It's getting close, but you would still be concerned. Yeah, I would be because uh, because part of being attached to the head is being attached to the body. Okay, and I'm just that's my point there is that that, so you have to try to discern what level of straying is this, but whatever level of straying, whether the sheep is you know whether your kid is walking five feet off the sidewalk or has gotten 400 yards ahead of you on a busy street <laughs> and one you're going to be screaming and running and the other you're still going to be hey 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 you know you because i realize i could sound like like an overindulgent uh, pastor but the danger the danger too often is that we're passive and we allow people to walk in ways where we had an alarm we had a concern and we didn't we didn't do our, our work, and so even if we have to say, "Listen, I confess, I realize I've not done a good job shepherding you over these months, okay. and this first time you're you're hearing from me." And so maybe what you need to do in that case is set a, first of all an establishing meeting of let's just get together. Hey, I haven't seen you in months. Sure, can I buy? Are, are yeah, you are you to willing start. to go out and just get coffee? And, and, and you're not. You're not saying I'm alarmed about you, but you're reestablishing your relationship. Yeah, that's, that's good. Which can then lead to, hey, you know, so what's going on? So last scenario, and and this is the one that I think this is where it ultimately goes in in this the spirit of the question that's being asked. What if you have somebody who you reach out to in your pastoral s- system to check on everybody? Hey, I haven't seen you, you know, in church a while, and just checking on you, want to know how you're doing, and they say, you know, Pastor, I, I just I can't believe God would let all this pandemic stuff happen, and and the riots, and I, I just I just I'm not sure where I am with my faith anymore. I know you're concerned, but I I actually don't want to meet and talk to you right now. I just want you to leave me alone right now and let me sort through this. But I'm not coming back to church, and like there's there's clear signs of concern that would come yeah. out of that. 
But that's, here's that's my fascinating. Yeah. Here's my question, and this has already come up with guys asking yes. me stuff. At what point does a church move to discipline someone in this environment, right. knowing that there's that it we can't function the way we normally have? You don't want to look like you you're jumping the gun on someone. At the same time, a situation like that would be very concerning for a pastor. So, I and so at, at what point? How would you advise a pastor? at this point, on whether you can discipline yeah. someone in this situation or how long does this go until you can? Brian, I, if anything there, I would, in that particular scenario, I, I would, I'd probably err on the side of caution and, and ask, you know, is this a bruised reed? Is this a smoking flax? Because if, and you have to try to discern, is this really a genuine struggle of a wounded heart, or is this an excuse? Yeah, and that's where you just you need the wisdom of Solomon and and everything else to try to go into that. But that's really your question, yeah. because what you want to say is, listen, I I hear you, I understand, I've struggled with some of this myself. I'm going to be, I am going to pray with you, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to pray with you now, and I'm going to be praying for you. But I'm I'm checking back in, yeah, and because we're gonna have to because you're gonna say, listen, there are two there are two issues at least here. One is your relationship with our church, which is one thing, which I think is important. But there's also your eternal relationship. Whether or not you come back to RBC or Auburndale, a, a ten thousand years from now is not going to be the biggest yeah, thing, right? But what is going to matter is that you held fast to the head. Yeah, if you're telling me you're not coming back to church. You need to be somewhere because I'm going to tell you that my alarm would be you can't continue to say I belong to Christ and I'm not going to be part of his body. You just can't do that. There's no such thing in the Bible as a disenfranchised Christian. There's a lot of wounded Christians, a lot of confused Christians, but they're going to find somewhere and they're going to find some people to whom they can attach themselves to because that's what you do to survive and to live. So you need to try to draw that distinction. And and, and again, brother, if, if, if you err a bit, I think it's, if you are on the side of caution, and a case, a church case, a church discipline case takes place in August that should have taken place in May, I can live with that. Yeah. I would rather live with that than to say I struck somebody when they were down and wounded, yeah. and I dealt them a fatal blow by by too quickly pulling the trigger. I appreciate you sharing that because that's where I am as well. I'm advising everybody who would ask me that uh, that this is not a time yet to be able to try to move on discipline in these kind of situations. I will say that I think that there are situations that are still blatant and publicly scandalous that can happen in people's lives that could st- still call a church to, to need to discipline. I mean, if you, if you find out two of your, you know, a, a, if you find out one of your church leaders uh, quarantined with another married woman during the pandemic, and they're having an affair, yeah. and are fine with it, right. and don't care, and said that this the pandemic's been great for them. Yeah, that that's like serious and scandalous and really obvious right. and obvious. And you and you have to <clears throat> you would have to discipline over that. But as far as the stuff we're talking about, people struggling in their faith in these unique times, mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. You have to approach it with caution and patience. And grace, and I don't think there's a downside. But you have to approach it. You have I to think, approach I, it. I think that's the thing. You have to so approach you can't it. Can't be totally. 
so hands off. Agree, and that, and we're, neither one of us are advocating for that. Right. But I, but to the spirit of the question that we've been tackling, be patient and gracious during this time. I would not encourage anyone to move on. Just even if you if you have serious concerns of apostasy, but pursue them. Be like that one sheep that Jesus goes and pursues, right? And that's a, that's astray, and try to care for them in that way. Absolutely. So, Jim, will you pray for pastors to have wisdom in regard to this really sensitive and difficult, one of the many difficult issues a lot of pastors are facing? Mm-hmm. Father in heaven, thank you for the sufficiency of your word. We thank you for the promise that we will be given the Holy Spirit when we, if we ask. We thank you, Father, for the promise that will be given wisdom if we would seek it from you. Father, we do pray for those hearts just to trust in you with all our heart, not lean on our own understanding, acknowledge you in our ways, and trust that you will guide our steps. So we do pray, living God, do guide our steps and help us. We we don't want to quench um, the smoking flax or destroy the bruised reed, but Father, we also recognize that we we need to uh, come alongside those who are straying, even if they resist and don't like it. So, Father, give us help. Give us wisdom, we pray. Uh, let our heart reflect your own, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.